1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
2: On the broadcast, hour number two, <laughs> just looking over this text line. This texture says, what about Jackson, Mississippi, the water situation? I noticed you haven't talked about that. Hey, that's certainly something worth talking about. Feel free to call in if you'd like to offer an opinion. All these, let me just say, and I want to make this very clear. I don't care who's in charge. Most of these energy issues, water issues, utility issues are unnecessary. Unnecessary. They're products of poor planning. That's what's going on in most of these situations. Shouldn't all these energy problems have shown up during the time when everyone was locked up in their own homes? As far as energy rationing in California goes, I'm sure the Apple, Google, and all Pravda media headquarters will have plenty of energy. Well, of course they will. Vince, the government has no right to force EVs on Americans, period. That's my perspective. If they don't work out in the long run, who will take the blame? Certainly not the government. Of course not the government. Vince, regulate your energy consumption and pay me whatever I want to charge. Get a COVID shot every year because a drug company says so. Once a person gets elected, they can forget about it. They got them there. Taxes go up, services go down. Proof that slavery knows no color. Vince, you're being way too nice when you say the government's ineffective at running things. Because they are effective. They're effective at running things into the ground. And when they try to fix it, they run it deeper into the ruins. Jeff, (laughs) isn't that the truth? Vince, they want us to conserve energy. When we do, the energy companies get less money. So they raise rates. We can't win. Texas, the only state that does follow federal regulations. I'm sure this is something you didn't know, as you wouldn't had compared Texas and California. Texas system is far worse. Very interesting story. That we'll continue to have discussions about. Our ongoing energy issues. Not just here, but beyond. Closer to home, we have new development in the right to life issue. This just gets stranger by the moment, ladies and gentlemen. You heard what's happened out of Columbia? A South Carolina Senate committee voted yesterday to remove exceptions for rape and incest. From a proposed abortion ban setting up a showdown among Republicans wary of passing such a restrictive bill. Now, Democrats helped to set up this fight, choosing not to vote with three moderate Republicans who wanted to keep the exceptions in the bill. The same bill without the exceptions appeared to fail in the more conservative state house. Last week, before some Republicans maneuvered through a series of votes to allow abortions for rape and incest victims up to the 12th week of pregnancy. The Senate Medical Affairs Committee voted 9 to 8, with two Republicans joining all Democrats to send the bill to the full Senate. That debate's underway this morning. And the exceptions could be restored during that debate. Democrats also refused to vote on other proposals by Republican Senator Tom Davis, who said for weeks the bill needs to be modified from a total ban before he can support it. They included increasing access to contraceptives and including birth control as part of the state's abstinence-based sex education, as well as assuring that a doctor can perform the abortion if it's determined a fetus has a medical condition that will not allow it to live outside the womb. Democrats... Trying to have a little fun with this. Senate Minority Leader Brad Hutto saying, Democrats are not going to help Republicans out of a box of their own making by making an awful bill a very bad bill. We think by highlighting the fact a bunch of extreme Republican men are trying to control women's decisions in South Carolina, they need to own that. The governor needs to own that. Same, same political drivel. Do these people not have any shame at all? It's about killing babies. I don't give a rat's ass about this whole men and women thing. These people are determined. It's the same stuff over and over, isn't it? Turn men against women. Blacks against whites. Gays against straights. This is what this is all about, folks. Division. Now, where's our great fearless leader and unifier, President Biden? (laughs) Yeah. But this is the kind of mindset that we're dealing with. People view everything through a political prism. You don't hear him making the argument... These are not babies. These are not human beings. This is all about... One thing. Politics. These men are trying to make women carry babies they don't want. That's it. And of course, that's going to get women stirred up. At least women who... Are willing to destroy their own babies... So, we will keep eyes on this one and see what emerges from the Senate in South Carolina. Also, legislative news south of the border. A judge in Richland County has found that death by firing squad and electric chair are prohibited by the South Carolina Constitution. Justice 360, a nonprofit group, filed the suit on behalf of a group of death row inmates. They include three. From the upstate of South Carolina, Freddie Owens, Brad Sigmund, and Richard Moore. Sigmund and Moore were scheduled for execution in the spring. But put on hold by the South Carolina Supreme Court, the suit named the South Carolina Department of Corrections and Governor Henry McMaster, claiming the state's use of the electric chair and firing squad as means for execution was unconstitutional. Here is part of the order that was issued. South Carolina turned back the clock, became the only state in the country in which a person may be forced into the electric chair if he refuses to elect how he will die. In doing so, the General Assembly ignored advances in scientific research and evolved involving standards of humanity and decency. The plaintiff entitled to declaratory judgment. That one, carrying out executions by electrocution and by firing squad violates the Constitution of the state of South Carolina and its prohibition on cruel, corporal, or unusual punishments. And two, this law, as amended in 2021, is unconstitutional and therefore invalid. Plaintiff's entitled to a permanent injunction as requested. This is going to be appealed for sure. A statement released on behalf of all of these folks who were awaiting death. We're very pleased with the result and reviewing the court's order. We anticipate the legislature, the governor's office, will appeal the decision. So, a couple of issues of life and death in the state of South Carolina. What are your thoughts? Still to come on the broadcast, hypocrisy is in the White House. I know this is shocking. We'll talk about it coming up.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: On the broadcast. Coming up, we're going to talk about the hypocrisy of this administration, which is demonizing millions of Americans. And yet, at the same time, the things that they are targeting right now are things that some of them have done. We'll talk about it coming up in just a bit. First, it's going to a call here in Charlotte from Joe. Good morning, Joe. Anyone. Yep. I don't know. Joe, are you there? I think Before Joe has time stepped time away. Perhaps, time? in my generosity, maybe we'll give him another chance here. We always tell you, turn down the radio and be prepared. Sometimes people don't pay attention. So what have we been hearing? You know, all these crazy phrases like election denier and... Radicals and suggesting people are somehow enemies of the state because they don't agree with the policies of Joe Biden. But I want to tell you about one Corrine Jean-Pierre, the current White House press secretary, struggling yesterday to respond to some of her past statements denying the results of an election. Even as her boss, President Joe Biden, stated, election deniers posed a threat to democracy. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. Do you want to hear what this woman said years ago? Miss Green Jean-Pierre? Here's what she said. This was a tweet that went out in December and 2016. Stolen said. emails... Stolen drone, stolen election. Welcome to the world of hashtag unpresidential Trump. That's Miss Jean Pierre back in 2016. You ready for another one? How about this one? Reminder Brian Kemp stole the gubernatorial election from Georgians and Stacey Abrams. The race was stolen. And now we have Joe Biden who is saying there's something un-American and unpatriotic of these people who dare to deny the 2020 election. Now, I want to be very clear. I'm not in that category. I'm not one of those people who's beating the drum on 2020. Having said that, if you're going to make statements like that, you should not have people in your administration who have done the same thing in previous years. I want you to listen to a couple of cuts here from Ms. Jean-Pierre because again, you only have one real journalist in the room, it seems like, and that's Peter Ducey, who's in there challenging the stupid remarks that were communicated by Ms. Jean-Pierre back in 2016. The first one... This is Corinne Jean-Pierre, sparring with Peter Ducey on Stolen Elections. Listen up. The new attention on the MAG of Republicans. You tweeted,
0: in 2016, oh, I knew Trump stolen oh. election. Tweeted, I was waiting, Peter, when you were gonna ask me that question.
2: Well, <laughs> here we go. You tweeted, Trump stole an election. You tweeted, Brian Kemp stole an election. If denying election results, is extreme
0: now. Yeah. Why so let's that? let's be really clear. That that comparison that you made is just ridiculous. I have How been I have ridiculous. been. Well, you're asking me. You're asking me a question. Yes. Let me answer it. And you said it was Wait, ridiculous. I was I was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and the what was in danger of voting rights. That's what I was speaking to at the time. <laughs>
2: it was about voting rights. I don't care. You're now criticizing people for the same thing you did in 2016. You hypocritical fill in the blank. It's sickening, isn't it? And once again, she tries to split hairs, trying to show there's a difference between 2016 and 2020. Here she is again.
0: And here's the thing. I have said Governor Kemp won the election in Georgia. I've been clear about that. Uh, I have said President Trump won the election of 2016, and I've been clear about that. What we are talking about right now is, let's not forget what happened on January 6, 2021, when we saw an insurrection, a mob that was incited by the person who uh, occupied this campus, this facility in, at that time. and. It was an attack on our democracy. Let's not forget, people died that day. Law enforcement were attacked that day. That was the danger that we were seeing at the time. That's what the president has called out, and that's what he's going to continue to call out. (laughs)
2: Oh, my goodness. Anytime the press secretary, this texture says, says, let's be very clear. I know what follows is unclear obfuscation. Yep. The current White House press secretary makes you want to hire an architect to repair the glass ceiling she apparently broke. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, my goodness. You're grasping at straws as usual. So what? What well, the press secretary said in 2016. Did you do this when Trump D. De- Dumpty was in office? All the crap. Kellyanne said about him and Ted Cruz calling him a pathological liar. No, no, you're wrong. You have not been paying attention because you're so anxious to try to prove your point. I have taken all kinds of grief for calling out Donald Trump. So don't come preaching at me about that. Take your sanctimony somewhere else because I did share all of this. I told you I could not stand Kellyanne Conway, could not stand her. And I have to tell you, I lost a lot of respect for Ted Cruz when his wife was insulted. And he ultimately kind of genuflected before the great orange one. So don't come at me with this stuff. I'm very consistent. Very consistent. Just want to make sure that's understood here. Let's try again that call from Joe. Good morning, Joe. Are you there this time around?
1: Yes, I apologize, Vince. Uh, But my point
2: was going to be, did the victims of those people that are uh, awaiting execution in South Carolina, did they get to choose a humane way to die by their predators? Uh, You know, it's just it's, it's baffling that like the AFL-CIO, you know, the people that, that stand The ACLU up. is what you're referring to, I think. Yeah, yeah. And these groups, yes. Yeah, and everything. It's hypocrisy, you know. I mean, uh, all I can say is each individual, you are your first line of defense, and you need to take measures to give you enough time to save your life until you can call 911. Yep, I hear you. You, you've got to look out for yourself. Uh, it's unfortunate the times we live in. Joe, thanks very much for your call. I mean, just like this heiress who uh, was killed the other day. Her body was found. Just random crime. And the guy who apparently kidnapped her has kidnapped somebody before. I mean, psh, why even bother, you know, with law enforcement if we're not going to enforce the freaking laws? Over on the text line, Vince, I had to listen to Raggedy Ann. I hated listening to her, but at least she was witty and lied with confidence. <laughs> on the contrary, CJP is so unqualified for her current role. She's not even the right area code to field questions from someone as challenging and accurate as Peter Ducey. Keep up the good work, Vince. Law enforcement had nothing to do with that jogger losing her life or anyone else being killed except when it comes to some unarmed citizens. Joe's right. You have to protect yourself and call 911 afterwards. Any police officer will tell you they are not your personal security. I want to make that very clear. That That was not at all a slam on law enforcement, what I said in the previous segment. The point I was making was, in fact, I have a lot of friends in law enforcement and they're frustrated too to see this pattern of people getting arrested over and over and over again and the system is not keeping dangerous people behind bars where they belong that's the problem so this system is failing all of us except the criminals working very well for them just get out <laughs> after a little while some cases you don't have don't even have to post bond Dean, you're funny. Vince, I want to nominate you a special master over talk show hosts. You really don't do anything, but it sounds impressive. (laughs) That's pretty good. And now we have Hillary Clinton jumping in on the January 6th storyline. Can you believe this? She has to jump in. Are you ready for this? And, of course, it comes back to the theme that Donald Trump is responsible for crimes. You ready for this? Here is Hillary Clinton.
0: I would not be honest if I didn't say I think there was a seditious conspiracy against the government of the United States. And that's a crime led by Donald Trump, led by Donald Trump. Was I happy when I beat Donald Trump by nearly three million votes but lost the Electoral College? No, I was not happy. (laughs) Did I even for a nanosecond think I'm going to claim victory and try to get the Democrats to refuse to certify the election? No.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't you just love that cackle? (laughs) My goodness. Absolutely brutal. So that's Hillary Beating the drum on the same issue. We're very closely watching the Senate races because the balance of power is at stake. We'll find out in a couple of months here whether Democrats will hold on. In fact, I think I saw, what is it, uh, one of the websites predicting it's like a 70% chance the Democrats hold on. One of the seats that's very much in focus, in the spotlight, is in Pennsylvania. The Democrat running in that particular race against Dr. Oz, you remember him, he's been struggling with his campaign. But it's really mind-boggling to watch this, because the Democrat, John Fetterman, suffered a stroke a few months ago. And I'm not, I'm going to be very clear here, as a human being, I'm very concerned about the man's health. And I'd say the same thing about his family, I'd say about Biden's family they should have pulled this man off the stage a long time ago. This is not about politics anymore. This guy has got some issues. He needs to be cared for. Nonetheless, he is having trouble on the campaign trail speaking, getting confused. Here is a situation that happened just the other day during a campaign appearance. Listen up to Mr. Fetterman.
1: Please understand the stakes in this race. Send me to Washington, D.C. to send, so I can work with Senator Casey and I can champion the Union way of life in Jersey, excuse me, in D.C. Thank you, thank you very much and it's an honor. I live eight minutes away from here and when I leave tonight, I got three miles away, Dr. Oz, in his mansion in New Jersey, you've got a friend and you have an ally. Send me to Washington, D.C. Thank you very much. Thank you, Steelworkers.
2: It just sounds so jumbled, confused, and you notice he is forgetting things. Now, if this were a one-time thing, I might dismiss it, but there are other pieces of audio. Where there are multiple gaffes like this. And there are pauses where he clearly is having trouble thinking. It's really sad. I, I feel sorry for the guy. I'm serious about that. And I wish him well in terms of his health. But he has no business in the U.S. Senate. And that's not even a political statement. It's much more important than that. Um, I think I'm going to save this last story. Because... <laughs> I really want to get to this because it it really gets to the heart of you know one of the things that's really important and and I and I make this point all the time ladies and gentlemen how important it is not only to have the right views but to have the right views in the right spirit and sometimes the nastiness that we see from certain people it really comes back to bite them on the rear end and I'm going to share such a story On tomorrow's program, Lord willing, we uh, make time for that particular story. Stay with us.
3: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward.
2: final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Wednesday. We uh, take time now to take a look at the day in history. We have a total of eight questions for you.
3: Before Are we me? get into... Hey, yes,
2: just for you. Aren't you excited? Outstanding. <laughs> we begin in the year 1630. There was an issue um, that's... Brought about the founding of the city of Boston. Now, the founding of Boston has very much a lot to do with the founding of the country. And in fact, the reason that the original pilgrims left the free world, left the known world in the first place, to come to our shores. But in sixteen thirty they found they founded the city of Boston to flee. A certain type of persecution. What was it? Religious persecution. Religious persecution. These were Protestants fleeing religious persecution. 1630 is the year. 1822 is our next question. Technology really begins to kick in in this particular event. In fact, a New York City prison started using an inmate-powered... This was a type of machine. Um, I'm trying to give it to you without giving you the answer. But it was very helpful for farming because it produced 50 bushels a day of this product. What was it?
1: Um, I'm going to have to have you give me that answer.
2: Well, this one is a... Treadmill that actually ground up corn, it ground up 50 bushels a day. How's that for free labor, huh? Wow, 1813. Here's an easier one for you. This was the first new nickname for the United States of America, and it came from Samuel Wilson's meat barrel stamped U.S., Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam, that's where that started, in the year 1813, in case you wanted to know. Then we go to 1965, and we have this Hall of Fame that was opened up in Canton, Ohio. What was it
1: for? Uh, The NFL, or football. It was for football.
2: Pro Football Hall of Fame is absolutely correct that was 1965 when that happened Uh, this one is uh, quite tragic I this is probably one of the silliest some would argue one of the dumbest shows on television but it was on for a full nine years 216 episodes and It was ultimately wiped out in a series of moves. I think by CBS if I remember correctly to move away from Programming for rural America and try to appeal to more city folks. So they definitely needed to get rid of this show probably the most um, Hickish I'll just say television show ever on television do you know what it was? 1971.
1: Was it The Dukes of
2: Hazard? Oh no! It was before then. Okay. Was the it? Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, <laughs> Did you ever watch that show? Oh yeah, it was a good show. I mean, it, it was entertaining. It was. I can't believe that lasted nine years. Can you believe that? Isn't that amazing?
1: Lawrence Topman called it the best sitcom of all time.
2: Uh, it doesn't surprise me. It was. It was a. It was well done. Well done show. 1979. This is probably the uh, cable network that women have regretted the debut of ever since it came on in 1979. What was it? Sports Cable Network.
1: Oh, ESPN.
2: ESPN is absolutely correct. And in 2002, the largest sandwich ever made of this type, built in Oklahoma. It's made of two different things. The kind of sandwich that most children know how to make. What kind of sandwich was it? PB&J. PB&J is correct. Get a load of this one. This sandwich was 350 pounds of peanut butter, 140 pounds of jelly. Is that not insane?
1: No, that's about the right proportion. You use a little (laughs) less jelly because it's not as dense. Exactly.
2: Oh, how about this? As we close today. I want to tell you about a very expensive mistake. Are you ready for this? Yes, sir. This story is out of Sydney. Crypto.com, the digital currency app that was fronted by Matt Damon in a Super Bowl TV ad. They're trying to recover. You ready for this? 10.5 million dollars. They actually transferred this to a woman in Melbourne. Some of it has already been spent including on a $1.35 million five-bedroom property in suburban Melbourne. The firm, processing during an audit in December, found it made an error. They were supposed to process a $100 refund seven months earlier. An account number had been accidentally entered into the payment amount field. A wrong one, clearly. The state of Victoria's Supreme Court has ordered the home, which was bought by the woman's sister, be sold, and the money returned to the company. And this case is expected to return to court in October. Uh, No comment from the fine folks at Crypto.com. Again, this was, I think it started actually as a $70 originally refund. And it turned into uh, that amount, by the way, uh, the amounts. Actually, it's... $10.5 $10.5 million, that's Australian money. Seven point two in American dollars. And this was ultimately over $70, a refund. They <laughs> made a huge mistake. And the woman thought, hey, I'll go on a spending spree. Buy a house, $1.35 million house. That woman should know better. That's crazy. Thanks very much for joining us on the broadcast today. Uh, Lord willing, we're back tomorrow at the same time. In the meantime, have yourselves a great day and God bless
1: you. Adios. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.